Friend, have you ever thought about starting a podcast? If so, Spotify's got a platform that lets you make and start a podcast so easily and then distribute it everywhere and even earn some money. It's all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. And then you can distribute it wherever podcasts are heard. Even video podcasts are available on Spotify. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. But best of all, it's totally free and there's no catch. Ever since we've been using Spotify for Podcasters at A Wife Like Me, we've been able to triple our reach, reaching wives across the globe. And it's so simple. Again, we do this right from our computer. And again, you can do it from your phone. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or just go to www.spotify.com backslash podcasters. Again, www.spotify.com backslash podcasters to get started. As Christians, how do we love difficult people? How do we have relationship with unhealthy people? Is it possible to have a healthy relationship with someone who's unhealthy? What about marriage? What happens when we know someone or we ourselves are married to someone who's unhealthy, who has unrepentant, ongoing sin? How do we advise our friends in those situations? What do we do for ourselves? In this episode, we are sitting down with Carla Downing, founder of changemyrelationship.com. She's incredible. And she's talking to us about having relationship with difficult people in our lives. You are going to love it. Send this to a friend or a wife who needs to understand the difference between what healthy relationships are and unhealthy relationships are, and then how to navigate that when it's an unhealthy relationship. Hey, P.S., did you know that we created a quiz based on your unique wife type? We're so excited about it. And once you take the quiz, which is super short, you get direct results emailed to you that really highlight your strengths, your weaknesses, a personalized scripture over you, and recommended readings. So head over to awifelikeme.com to take that wife quiz. Let's tune in now to our conversation with Carla Downing. Hello, everyone. This is so exciting. I've been, t- I just was telling Carla, I've been telling all my people about this conversation tonight. It's so exciting to be back with you, Carla Downing. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Oh, and you too, Amanda. I just, I feel like you're my sister, not only in Christ, but just my sister. We we could spend all day and then another day and another day talking and never get, never be done. So agreed. Agreed. I'll just see your face. I know. I know. You ladies, if you've been with a wife like me for any amount of time, you know who Carla is. She's been on, I think, everything <laughs> that we've ever done. Um, because she's so full of wisdom and the Lord like connected us years ago. Yeah. And I'm so grateful. I have uh, her book, one of her books, uh, 10 life-saving principles for women in difficult marriages. I can't even tell you how many times I've recommended wives get, I just, 
bought it last night again for someone to ship it to her. Um, it's you're the Lord has brought you through an actual process Mm -hmm. journey of learning what biblical boundaries look like and walking that out. And and now you have devoted really your whole, I mean, your, your, your ministry to help other Christians understand how to live in difficult relationships with biblical boundaries. And, and that is actually, I should reframe that. How we live with difficult people is by enforcing, establishing, living with biblical boundaries and understanding what they are and then and walking those out. So is the, the oh, I'm so excited to chat with you, Carla. Um, would you mind just introducing yourself a bit for people who maybe aren't familiar with you? Sure. Uh, well, I have to I have to always start off with the fact that, I mean, I grew up in a dysfunctional home. My dad was an alcoholic. My mom was a Christian. My mom didn't have boundaries. The only one she had was I'm taking the kids to church no matter what. And I'm, I'm holding on to my faith. And she did at great price, but everything else she tolerated abuse. She tolerated the drinking. She tolerated the violence, the, the fights. Uh, and, you know, and then I, I married very young at 20 and thought, Oh, I'm going to marry a Christian man. I met him in church. And I was like, didn't understand anything about dysfunction. Of course he was from a dysfunctional home. That's why he was so comfortable and we created a dysfunctional marriage. We've lived through a lot, a lot of problems. I've I've done it the wrong way, and then I've done it the right way. I've lived through, you know, just, just having to figure out, like, how do we live as Christians in relationships with people that have problems? And not only have boundaries, but how do you take care of yourself? How did you detach from the things? You cannot react to everything. You have to live in a way when people have problems and, and who doesn't have problems, right? So I'd always say people who are healthy do these things. But when we are unhealthy, we don't do these things. We tend to do the opposite. Instead of detaching, we react to everything, whether it's internal or we react outwardly. We try to we try to control. We try to change other people. We give up our lives in the trying to fix people. And we're like, oh, my gosh, if I can just, you know, make this person's problem go away, everything will be fine. Well, making that person's problem go away can be an entire life you know, focus, and then you lose your focus on yourself, your health, your business, your other children, or your marriage, if it's a child. And there's just, we react out of fear and anxiety, because these things are scary. I mean, anything that, that is threatening our, our health, our relationship, um, the other person's health, our financial situation, they're all our well-being, you know, they're all, it's all scary stuff. So actually, there's a lot of things that you have to do first before you're even able to do boundaries. Yeah. Yeah. So again, this is why we're talking with Carla. <laughs> but so let's just actually back up because uh-huh. a lot of what you do day in and day out, a lot of what I do too is helping women, sometimes men too, but helping Christians understand um, because again, I'm like backing it up because before we can even talk about like boundaries, mm-hmm. on, we can't talk about biblical boundaries as Christians 
until we understand the difference between something that's healthy and unhealthy. Right. And I think so much confusion is even just right in that statement of like, well, what is unhealthy behavior? What is healthy? If we don't know the difference, we'll never understand when and what a boundary might even need to be. And so let's just maybe spend some time talking about like what maybe is an, what is unhealthy? Well, I mean, it's a continuum. You can't just say, you know, you are either unhealthy or you are healthy. Um, there's a, it's kind of a, of a fine line of where people fall in that. However, you know, generally you can say, first of all, a healthy relationship is going to be open. You are going to be able to freely share your concerns, your feelings, your thoughts, your opinions. If you cannot do that, that is unhealthy. If the minute that you share your your feeling or your opinion, you're shut down or the person gets aggressive or defensive or throws it back on you and says, keep it to yourself or you're always complaining or, you know, you're never happy or I don't want to hear that or, hey, you've got problems too. look at yourself. I mean, this is not open. This is closed. Uh, A healthy relationship. Both people can look at themselves and and think about I mean, we all have blind spots, but healthy people are not. Uh, immediately defensive when somebody shares something about them or something that might be like, oh, you know, that somebody might be saying that I did something that, you know, hurt them or I did something wrong. Healthy people can say, okay, let me think back to what I did. Um, Let me think. I said this. This person is telling me that I was offensive or that I hurt the feelings or I was a bit harsh. Maybe I was, you know, I can be harsh when I'm, when I'm stressed. I was kind of stressed that day. Oh my gosh. You know what? I really, I'm really sorry if I came off harsh to you. I, I, I didn't mean to hurt you. Um, I'll work on that, you know, and I'll, I'll make sure that I, you know, kind of check myself before I get off the phone with a stressful, you know, person and then come in and just immediately start, you know, saying something to you that I want done. Uh, that's a healthy person. An unhealthy person is completely shut down to that. It's just, I wasn't harsh. You know, you're so sensitive. Just get off my back or, and just, you know, whether it's male, you know, or female can be both, but that right there. And and people often ask me, you know, what should I look for most in a person that I'm, you know, dating? And I say, that's it. Number one, if you got somebody that can look at themselves and analyze was I okay? Was I not okay? Did I do something wrong? Who can work on themselves? You have somebody that you can actually grow with in a relationship and you can bring things to that person's attention and they will look at themselves and consider, you know, and so it's just that those are the two of the main things that I see in dysfunctional relationships. Communication is always, always a problem. It's always ineffective at some level and maybe there isn't even any communication maybe there is no talking that's even that's dysfunctional too mm-hmm. so I would say those are like the some of the you know and then there's courtesy and there's both people carrying their own responsibility for stuff both people being able to accept each other uh you know and but those are the main things mm-hmm. 
I would add, I'm sure you see this all the time, uh, you know, uh, behaviors that are manipulative, Yes. Uh, you know, codependency type things coming out in, you know, shaming statements, guilting, um, obviously coercion to get what, what, what they want, Mm -hmm. um, gaslighting, causing doubt and confusion, control, you know, those aren't, that's not healthy. No matter if it's your spouse, your in-laws, your sister, your best friend, that's not healthy, you know? Um, and so I just don't think we hear that. We don't talk about that in the Christian community of like enough. Yes. P.S. Yeah. You're in an unhealthy relationship. Like that's not healthy behavior. Um, people don't hear that. And so it's, it's, that's why we're talking about it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Anything that's manipulative or because here's a difference between manipulative and not manipulative. When you are manipulating, it is indirect. It's suggested, it's subtle, it's an accusation. You're not coming straight to the person and saying, I would like for you to do this. You're saying, you know, you never do that for me. You never do anything for me. You, 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 never, you never do what I ask you to do. You know, you're always letting me down instead of saying, hey, I really need your help right now. And then you give person a choice. Are you able to help me right now? Are you willing to help you right now? And the person can say no, or the person can say yes. That's direct communication versus manipulative communication. Mm-hmm. You know, and so it's it's and it's not just the and those are rampant in relationships and yes. you know, all kinds of things. But then there's also the obvious dysfunctions, the addictions, the you know, the mental illness, the, you know, called the, all of the things that additionally we can, we normally think of as, oh, that's a difficult relationship, but yeah, definitely all the manipulation and the gaslighting and all of that, that, and that all falls under often abusive relationships also. Yes. I've been, uh, I'm reading a book right now. Um, It's called A Church Called Tove. Oh, I've heard of that, but I haven't read it. I need to. Carla, you absolutely need to. Let me tell you, if you're yeah. watching this, you need to go get the book too. Here's the deal. It's about building a goodness culture. Yeah. Okay. But I'm in, I'm just, I'm only like two, three chapters in, but at the beginning, it, it really identifies a culture of toxicity. Mm-hmm. and what a culture of toxicity looks like and, and the characteristics of a toxic culture. And let me tell I'm like, this does not only apply to churches. It's, it's specifically how to build a, a goodness culture in a church culture. Yeah. This is, this is a, any biblical culture. This is a home, a family, mm-hmm. a workplace, a friendship. It doesn't matter. So it is, it is fascinating because what you just described is exactly, you know, these are these are characteristics of toxicity. And we have to understand that as Christians, that's not the way. It is not the way. Jesus. It is not the love of Jesus. Mm-hmm. It's unhealthy. It's toxic. It's, it's damaging. And so, again, it doesn't matter if it's church or home or workplace or friendship, um, marriage. It's not healthy. And we have to first start there because if we can't, if we don't recognize what's unhealthy about something, yeah. we 
we can't, we won't be able to clearly do anything about it. But that's one of the things that you point out is why for Christians, and we're specifically talking about changing my relationship, 365 daily devotions for Christians in difficult relationships, for giving it away, comment me or share this video. But why is it hard for us as Christians specifically when it comes to talking about boundaries? Some people get so uh, defensive even in this conversation because the, their first thought is boundaries. No, uh-uh. as Christians, we are to love everyone, Carla, which we are. Yeah. And that's, that includes boundaries. Sometimes the best way we can love people is by having a boundary. Let's just, can you speak? Yeah. Into yeah. That? Well, first of all, the church is, it has, there's, there's a history of the church kind of not understanding that literally it goes back to, is it our, our Jewish culture? Everything was worshiping God. There wasn't anything you did walking, standing, sleeping. It all was part of worshiping God. Greek culture, you separated material and spiritual. So the church started, the church has this history of separating spiritual. And then the psychology has no place in spirit, in spiritual. So my psychology is worldly. So what more world, what, what more what word can you think of with psychology more than boundaries? So and some of them are just repulsed by boundaries because of that psychology. We don't need psychology. And there's biblical counseling in churches, which is very rigid in saying we only use the Bible to counsel. And there's all kinds of potential hurt that can come from that and damage to relationships by only using the Bible scriptures by somebody who doesn't really understand dysfunctional relationships, mental illness. So understanding that we can use things, words that we have used for psychology from from what psychology uses or counseling or just, you know, you go to the doctor, the doctor has a whole bunch of words that aren't in the Bible, but he uses them to fix you. Okay. So it's like, Boundaries is one of those things. And and I, I teach a class where I go through a whole section on boundaries and the you know how boundaries are biblical. And let me just say, I'll just I can't teach it here, but I'll tell you. You know, first of all, uh God gives us choice. Boundaries are based on choice. People have choices. With those choices come consequences. God's word teaches consequences for your choices. Then there is accountability for those choices that comes with the consequences. Stewardship, we are all stewards of our own lives. Boundaries help us be good stewards Mm -hmm. of everything God gives us. And then we have care where we have mutual care taught in the Bible. I'm to care for myself and I'm to care for you. How do I do that with boundaries? I figure out how to do that with boundaries. If I care all for you, it'll be none for me. If I care all for me, it'll be none for you. I've got to figure out how to balance that. And the last one is influence. And this is my favorite because I'm like type triple A, control everything, you know, firstborn, child of a dysfunctional family, oldest child that was controlling everything as a child. Influence. We are called by scripture to influence others. And by our choices, by what we tolerate, by what we do, 
And how do we influence with boundaries? Yeah. Boundaries in our lives. And so this is so scriptural. And, and one of the things that I do with people in my classes is I go through the misunderstandings that Christians tend to have about scripture because we've heard scripture misapplied. And for people that are in healthy relationships and they hear somebody say, you know, take care, you know, you, you need to just you need to just care for others. They think, okay, and they understand and myself. Of course, I wouldn't care only for others. I have good boundaries. I'm healthy. I wouldn't just give up caring for myself and do nothing but care for others. But people that are unhealthy think, oh, care for others. Oh, give up all myself. Mm. So this is where we get things misunderstood. And things are sometimes said in churches that are definitely taught from a wrong understanding of this, um, where Christians are confused. And the more difficult the relationship is, the more confused they are. And, And dysfunction in the relationship and problems like, you know, abuse, Uh, manipulation, any type of addiction, any type of mental illness, any type of perpetual problem that isn't dealt with that's unhealthy, causes you to adapt to it in a way that you lose your boundaries and you lose yourself out of fear, like I said, out of the fear, out of the compulsion. And so that's when I come in and I help Christians say, okay, let me teach you how to be healthy in the midst of unhealthy so yeah. that you can get healthy and you can learn to adapt to this. And then in that process, develop the boundaries that you need in order to deal with this situation in a healthy way that does love you and the other person, although it might be a kind of tough love. Yeah. But in the end, it brings good for everyone. And we know that that is what God desires. Yeah. I think if you're watching um, or listening, you know, the, I wish all Christians knew that loving people Mm. is not tolerating their dysfunction or sin. I think we love the people, but it does not look like tolerating or enabling or allowing sinful, hurtful behaviors. Mm-mm. That's just not love. In fact, I think it's flip. And I, I challenge people with this often is it's loving them well looks like not no longer allowing that behavior from that person in your life. So I love you so much that I'm no longer willing to do to, that. to allow you to sin against me in this way. I mean, and isn't that isn't that Matthew 18 tells you to go to the person and if the person doesn't listen, bring in someone else, maybe a counselor, maybe a friend, maybe a, a mentor, uh, a, you know, family member. And then if that doesn't work, bring that person to, you know, more people. And, you know, that's not easy. Um, but also then I love Romans 13, 10 says love does no harm to it, its neighbor. Yes. And I think, oh, well, that's one of my favorite scriptures because Love does no harm to its neighbor. And who did Jesus say our neighbor was? Well, you love your neighbor as yourself. So that scripture means love does no harm to you and love does no harm to your the other person. Yeah. And really to the relationship. That's kind of an entity between the two of you. Because if you're tolerating things that are damaging to either one of you, that's damaging your relationship. And if children are involved, 
guaranteed it's damaging the children. One of the hardest things that I've had to deal with is go through the pain of having to realize that, yes, I raised my children in dysfunction. They have effects of that in their lives. And to see those effects and see my children as adults to, you know, yes, they have their, it's their responsibility to figure it out and live their own lives. But to know, you know, that as a little girl, I promised I'm not doing this. And then to have done it, which is pretty darn common, um, Mm -hmm. is really painful. So we have to realize, you know, that our children are affected by all of this too. And they're something, when we're thinking about love doing no harm, we've got to recognize that our responsibility to them is also included in that. Yes. And like you say, that's tough. It's not easy. And and that process for for each of us looks different. Mm -hmm. Um, But again, it's like, it goes back to, it's not only in marriage, right? Mm -hmm. We can be in relationships with people that we can maybe see some of these unhealthy behaviors we've, we've talked about. And we're like, oh my land. I've totally subjected myself and allowed myself to be a part of that unhealthy dynamic or relationship. And so I just encourage you, if that's you, good job being here. (laughs) um, (laughs) All of Carla's books, this one included. Um, And, you know, this is a process, a journey of learning again. Oh, that's not healthy. What they just said or did. Um, they're, they're attempting to whatever, right? Gaslight Mm -hmm. me, feel bad, um, manipulate me, um, whatever, right? Um, whatever that is. And then now what am I? Okay. So let's, let's shift into that. Uh, how, (laughs) I know we can talk for all night long. How can Christians learn before we even, because you said before we can even like put a boundary in effect. Mm -hmm into like as a part of our relationship how do you you can talk about it you can go wherever you want with this but like how can we begin to understand boundaries because i truly believe galatians 5 1 favorite verse it is for free like jesus has it is for freedom that set us free it is for freedom but i have personally also experienced when we are in unhealthy relationships without boundaries yeah um freedom it is not, it is suffocating. It is all consuming. It is exhausting. Yeah. And we don't even know how to make sense of it all. So yeah. go wherever you want with this, but how can we well, move it? What if now I teach classes on all of my books and then I also teach a class on my, and, and they're all on zoom now. And they're all also on my website where you can get them and download all the lessons and do them on your own, or you can do them with a group in your house. Um, I have people that do that. So, I mean, there's just everything is there and available. But if you want to do in, in be in an interaction where you can have the discussion group part that comes around once a year for each of my classes. Uh, so it's all on my website. Um, but what I do in the classes, the things that I teach first is under, first of all, you got to know the problems. What are the, what are you dealing with? What are the dynamics? Let's label them. Is it addiction? Is it abuse? Is it passive aggressive? You know, what is it? Uh, Two, you've got to understand the basic scriptural foundation and get rid of the major misunderstandings that you have. Otherwise you're going to not absorb the truth and the new principles. First one is change yourself, not them. 
let go of the obsession and of wanting to force somebody else to change. And this whole thing of I'm on this campaign to force you to change. Because as long as you're on that campaign, you're not going to give that up and you're not going to set boundaries. You're going to be like, I don't have to set boundaries because I'm this person's going to change. I'm going to change them. Uh, and then the next one is detaching with love. And this is huge because it keeps yeah. you from reacting to everything the person is doing. It, it helps you not fight. It helps you not try to, it helps you to be able to step back and see the dynamics, including your own and your own participation, helps you be able to let go and live your own life. You can go to, you know, do something on your own if the person is refusing to go, or you can, you know, go somewhere and, and still go to work and participate and concentrate on work and not be thinking about the other person you person blames you for something or throws out an accusation. You're like, Oh, there they go again. Okay. Here's another one. It's like putting Teflon over you. It's like, okay, that one bounces off. I'm not taking that. If this person's mad. The person chooses to be mad. Okay. I guess the person wants to be mad. I don't have to join that. I don't have to jump into that conversation. I don't have to change this person's mind. I used to spend hours trying to change my husband's mind about something stupid. He was mad about just mm -hmm. out of his own like perception or his own bad mood. And now if that happens, I would just be like, oh, okay, have a nice night. <laughs> I got yeah. things to do. Yeah. Yeah. And, it, and it wouldn't just be outwardly. It would be inwardly like I'm, but I, that's his to work with. That's his yeah. to figure out if he wants to come to me or anyone in my life wants to come to me and tell me what's bothering them. I'm here. I'm open. If it's healthy, I'll listen to it. If you want to mope about it or get mad about it or be, you know, reacting angrily, then that's yours. You get yeah. to carry that and you get to deal with it. That's what detachment teaches you. Yeah. And then taking care of yourself, huge. How do you take care? How do you set a boundary if you don't know how to take care of yourself and do self-care? Right. Yeah, because boundaries are about taking care of yourself and it's not going to make the other person happy when mm -hmm. you set a boundary, right? So you've got, but so you got to establish that. Facing your fears, boundaries are scary. So how could you do that if you didn't work through that? And then speaking the truth in love, how do you do that? What do you say? What do you not say? How do you say it yeah. to a difficult person? I always tell people, if the person is healthy, you don't even hardly have to worry about saying it perfectly. Yeah. It just works out. You yeah. might say it wrong. You might blurt it out instead of saying your nice little I message. You just might be like, you were a jerk to me at the party. And the person's going to go, what? I yeah. was? I yeah. what? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and and it, tell me what I did. I mean, it's like you, you can't even hardly say it wrong because the other person is going to be working to help sift through it and figure it out. Mm -hmm. But, you know, so in a dysfunctional relationship, you can't hardly say it right because a person's going to be reacting wrongly. So, um, so, but I'll teach, I teach people ways to say it that makes it better and how to decide. And then, and then boundaries. Yeah. Because boundaries, then that, if you can do all those things, you're ready to figure out how to set a boundary, what your boundaries are. Yeah. But you yeah. got to do all those things first. Yeah. That's, that's, that's good. It's so good. Cause it's, it's right on. Like I can't expect to anybody or myself to set a boundary and live that out. Uh, if I, if I'm not even interpreting scripture correctly, if I have these unhealthy mindsets about what scripture says about boundaries, you know, or how Jesus walked out boundaries. Um, 
And I love that. And I think all of that is so key for us to really like grasp. I think of Jesus and Judas often, how when Judas betrayed Jesus and was acting all crazy, he was a crazy town. He was unhealthy. Judas was unhealthy and Jesus did not participate. Um, He didn't, he didn't allow Judas's unhealth to affect Jesus. He didn't didn't participate in that. Um, He understood it. He saw it for what it was, but he still was able to love Judas. um, Yeah. Kind of from afar by not allowing Judas is crazy to affect Jesus. And well, and then he also knew that Judas was going to do what Judas was going to do. Now, he had the benefit of knowing that it was part of God's plan and he was, you know, surrendered to that plan. Yeah. With, you know, and and but we can know the same thing. Like, you know, we're all in God's plan and we are but it's not like we go, "Okay, you're going to hurt me. Go ahead and hurt me." Right. It's like, you know, if that wasn't in God's plan, uh that wouldn't have happened. <laughs> and it, it would have, yeah, there would have been, there were many other times that Jesus left cities. Yes. Uh, when he knew that people were going to try to arrest him or hurt yes. him or do things to him. Um, one time it says he even walked through the crowd and people didn't even see him. And almost like God just kind of, you know, I don't know if that was supernatural or what, but I mean, this is not to give anybody the impression that you are to allow people to hurt you just passively because that is not scriptural and that is not a boundary. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's just, it's almost like then how can we learn to live with people? Yeah. Who are difficult, dysfunctional, unhealthy. I'd love for us to maybe like just give an example. Um, something so like let's just play like role model maybe um let's say someone has uh i don't know i'm just trying to think um uh a situation where they feel like they're pulled into things often like um like maybe it's a maybe it's a mother-in-law where you're bombarded with texts or information or making you feel like being a part of something or I, I, I don't even know if that's a good example, but like, and you're feeling overwhelmed. You're feeling like, I don't, I don't, I, I don't know what to do with all this. You know, like I feel flustered. Um, how would you like, can you, can you give us an example of a boundary that might be beneficial to somebody like that? In that situation. Well, okay, so we can, and it, it, you don't have to go through all the weeds with that one, and let's just make it a little broader. So, if you have somebody who is trying to pull you into an argument between them and someone else, let's say, or pull you into the family gossip, or pull you into, you know, maybe complaints that she has or issues that she, you know, keeps bringing up, and it's, or she's bombarding you with you know, suggestions or, or if it's a mother or a mother-in-law or a sibling that is calling you a lot and is in a, they're angry or they're talking about family or they're criticizing you. This comes up often. Um, People will tell me, you know, my mom, every time she calls me, she just, just rips me the whole time, like, you know, criticisms and I don't know what to do. So this is, simple in the sense that 
one, you don't have to respond to every conversation that you're invited that you're invited to. You don't have to respond. You don't have to answer texts. You don't have to answer phone calls. You may end a conversation anytime you choose to. I'm sorry, I need to go. Oh, got a lot to do. I've got to go. Or, hey, I can't, I can't deal with this right now. Or you don't answer at all. You just don't respond. That it doesn't even require you to say to the person, I am not going to do this. Mm-hmm. But then there is another boundary. I'm not because when I teach boundaries, I tell people it isn't about telling this other person, hey, quit calling me. Hey, quit trying to pull me into this argument. Hey, quit trying to tell me about the family. It's not about that because you can't make that person stop doing those things. The person's going to keep doing those things. The more difficult the person is, the more the person's going to keep doing it no matter what. So you can just, you decide, I'm not going to participate in this. I'm not talking about anybody in the family. I'm not going to be involved in any of this. I'm not going to respond to her continual complaints. I'm not going to even give validity to them. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to continue this conversation when it becomes critical and demeaning or shifts to topics that I'm unwilling to talk about. Um, You know, you, the first thing you can do is try to change the subject. If you're in that conversation, if that doesn't work, you can just be done. And these are all, I am not, or I am not willing, or I will only continue the conversation under these terms. I will only talk about things that don't involve talking about other people. I will only have positive conversations with my mother-in-law. Yeah. So you won't let it go negative because you don't respond to the negative. Literally, if somebody says something to you in a conversation that's negative, do you know you don't have to respond to that comment? You can literally go, oh, you know, did you know that a a storm's coming this week? Did you hear that we were going to have really bad weather again? Oh, Mm -hmm. you know what? I saw Sally yesterday. I ran Mm -hmm. into her at the the beauty shop. Mm -hmm. You literally can change the conversation. You you can act like it was never said, and that is perfectly okay. And in doing that, that is a boundary you have established in yourself. I will not go there with this person. Yeah. I will not. And so whatever it takes to not go there, you have control over. Yeah. You can have a boundary and enforce it. And that's how simple it is. Yeah. I can imagine for some maybe watching, listening, that might be hearing you and like, oh yeah. And then they, the, the, the thought or fear that creeps in immediately after that is, but what if they might, like, what if they say something that's like, what if they get mad or what if they question me like that? Or what if, you know, I'm going to speak to that. Yep. That's the detachment you see. And that's why I have to teach those other things first, because the detachment says, if the other person is mad, that's not my deal. Yeah. And you can tolerate people that are mad at you or unhappy with you or uncomfortable that you have to get to where you can do that. And so if the other person is, and I always tell people, the other person that is not used to you having boundaries is not going to like you having boundaries. And the more dysfunctional the person is, the more resistant and angry they will get and push back. 
manipulatively or harder or maybe come in a different way or or get mad at you. You never want to talk to me anymore. You just have short conversations like, why don't you ever respond? You don't even have to respond to that. Yeah. And so, but you have to be able to tolerate that and you have to be able to say, that's not my problem. And I'm going to live with that. And I'm, I'm okay. That's not my deal. Like person has to work through that. Again, if the person wants to come to you and say, help me understand why you're not talking to me anymore. And you can have a healthy conversation. Wonderful. But Mm -hmm. if you can't, you get to do these things. You get to choose how you protect yourself and what you do. You get to choose where your energy goes in your life. If your energy goes to dysfunctional conversations, you have less time and energy for other things. Yeah. And so you get to choose. This is the whole principles of stewardship. My life, my time, my energy. Where I need, what what I'm going to spend my effort on is my choice and my responsibility. Therefore, I I have to do this. What other people do is their choice. I can't control it. I need to let them be. Yeah, yeah. And I want to highlight if if you are just like if again if you need more deeper like you're like oh I need a lot of work on this changemyrelationship.com Carla's website there's so many resources classes whatever do it all. Um, I also just want to highlight like as you're saying that boundaries your boundaries the boundaries that maybe you recognize you need for yourself, or maybe you and your husband recognize you need for your family, your marriage, those do not need to be communicated not to always. other party. <laughs> right. They don't always. And so no. like, I don't even think we say that, like whatever you deem necessary for your own health and of your family, yourself, your marriage, all the things. That's for you to know, and that's for you to walk out, mm-hmm. um, to stay healthy, to be healthy, to maybe promote the health of other people, right? Um, mm-hmm. But you don't have to share, um, hey, mom, I'm, I'm, you know, no longer going to, you know, be at your house after five because after five, you're drunk and <laughs> exactly. you know, P.S., we're no longer going to be, that's not going to be helpful. It's not going to be a fruitful conversation. Right. So just, you know, when, when we're talking about this, this is for you to know these, these boundaries are for you to hold. Um, and, um, it's super help, help, helpful and healthy. Um, you, you might need to communicate them, but you don't have to communicate them. There are times that if you say, you know, for instance, um, I'm no longer willing to drive you because, you know, I'm no longer willing to drive you places. You have to tell the person that, Um, or, or, you know, I'm to your kid, your adult kid who's living at home. Like I'm no longer willing to let you live here without a job. You have 30 days to get a full-time job or I'm going to have you move out Uh, that you might need to say, but a lot of boundaries. And that's where people get stuck is I'm too scared to tell this person that my mom's not going to, or they think the other person has to agree to the boundary. Mm -hmm. I have to tell my mom, I can't be there after five o'clock anymore because she gets drunk. And I have to talk her into agreeing that that's okay. And that's where they get stuck because she's like, she's never going to tell me that's okay. She's going to guilt me. She's going to tell me how awful I am. She's going to tell me she's not a drunk, that she doesn't get drunk, 
That's all in my mind. And I'm so this isn't going to work. But no, you don't have to get agreement. You don't have to explain. You not, might not have to say it. It's literally for you to act on. And that is why, you know, it's just like I tell people, I absolutely can teach you to have boundaries. I don't care what circumstance you're in. It has nothing to do with the other person. And they're like, huh? Like, Um, now it may involve some very difficult choices and some scary choices, you know, where if you have something where you are not able to live with something and it involves a marriage and you're like, I can no longer live with this and this has to change and the other person gets to choose, are they willing to change what you can no longer live with? And the answer might be no then that is scary. That's yes. you know one of those really scary things. But yes. um it it though and that's that's when you get there when you're ready. You know, there's yeah. a there's something you know really horrendously horrible going on or you know abuse, physical abuse or abuse of children, um you you have time to get to that place. So yes. Yes. Yeah. Can you tell us yeah. maybe Oh, go ahead. What was that? I was going to say, it's a journey. It's a long journey. And so don't, nobody, I always tell people, please don't guilt yourself and beat yourself up because you're not there. Yeah. It takes time to get there. Yeah. Yeah. Can you give us like some, I don't know, maybe like some examples or words or thoughts, feelings that it, like what it, the fruit that can come from understanding and living out biblical boundaries? Well, you have freedom because first of all, you know, you're not stuck in situations as they are. So it does give you freedom. It does give you options. It gives you choice because you, again, don't feel like you're stuck. Um, it will, it can, imp- it will improve your life. You can take care of yourself. Uh, it will protect you, protect your children. Um, it will give you more self-respect. The other person will respect you more. Even if they act like they hate your boundaries, there will be more respect because people absolutely, human nature does not respect what it can walk on. Mm. Total. I don't care if you're a child to an adult to an old person. If you can walk on somebody, you don't respect them. Um, and so really, and so, and then gives you the, the ability to, uh, the opportunity to have healthier relationships, but also just, you know, you're going to have a better life because you're going to keep yourself from having to be exposed to all of those things. And it will give you better health, physical health, mental health, spiritual health. I mean, it's all of that because what it does to you when you are engaging in living in those dysfunctional relationships, engaging in that dysfunction is not good. Yeah. Yeah. I just was sharing with someone, um, I feel before learning kind of like what biblical boundaries were and how to like live this out. I, and anytime I, anytime I, uh, I'm engaging in something that I'm like, ooh, ooh, I don't think this is healthy. I think I need a boundary here. Um, it feels like anytime this happens, it's felt like a weight has been like almost like a brick, like mm-hmm. and it's been being put on me. And so then for me, it feels like I'm just like living with so much weight. Yeah. I've experienced that. 
Yeah. Like I'm carrying so much of like stuff that I've been allowing people to put on me. And that's my problem. If you look at, I think it's Matthew chapter seven, verse six, or is it 10 or seven? Maybe I'm going to get these mixed up where, um, I mean, Jesus warns his disciples, like if you go and you give away your pearls to pigs, um, you know, they're going to, what are they going to do? They're going to do the same thing they always do. They're going to figure they're going to trample them under their feet and they're going to spit them back in your face. Right. And like, and so that's what it feels like. You're like, uh, 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 it's so heavy. It's so like unhealthy for me to carry these things yet I am. And so like, we can almost visualize that. Like when we're engaging in something dysfunctional or unhealthy, it's almost like they're like giving you this brick, but you don't have to take it. Uh -uh. You do not have to take that. Uh -uh. The trick is identifying that, that, that there's a brick there. Yeah. And then knowing that you don't have to take it, Uh Uh, receive it, walk with it, carry it, engage with it. Um, And so, yeah, it's been such a different life learning to live with these boundaries. And anything else that we didn't talk about that you wanted to say or share? Just, you know, the last principle that I teach is entering God's rest. And um, I do that because when I'm working with people, it's like, you know, this is a lifetime of work and, you know, relationships are not going to change overnight. You're not going to change overnight. And there just has to be this place of saying, you know, I'm, I am where I am. God's with me where I am. I, I can do this one little bit at a time. I can surrender all of the hopes, the dreams. It's a grieving process a lot of times to accept where you're at and to not just keep stuck wishing that it wasn't there. You know, I wish, oh, I shouldn't have married this person. Oh, I shouldn't have done, you know, I, I, I can't handle this with my child. This is so horrible. It's like, you know, there's a process of grieving that and then getting to that place where it's okay. It is what it is. I'm going to do this one day at a time, the best I can for today. This is the best I can do with my boundaries for today. I don't know what my boundary is. Okay. For today, you don't know what your boundary is. You know, you will, when the time is right, you will just know, you know what? I don't have to do this anymore. Like I'm not willing to do this anymore. So it's that place of rest and being able to just be okay and trust God where you're at and know God, that our God works everything out for good. And he's with us no matter where we're at. And so it's like, I never want people to carry more heaviness because they are feeling bad that they're in an unhealthy relationship or bad because they don't know how to have boundaries or bad because they're still reacting to it. Just want you to know every little bit is working toward change, even awareness that you have a problem is the beginning of change. You cannot work on something that you don't know you need to work on. So no condemnation, just a message of hope. There is hope for change. There are tools. They are biblical. All this is biblical. And that's why I have no interest in working with non-Christians. I mean, I will take non-Christians in my classes, but my ministry is not to non-Christians. There's plenty of stuff out there for non-Christians. I want Christians to understand the word supports all 
of this healthy, all of the healthy tools. God has dysfunctional relationships with us. He knows how to work with dysfunctional people. He has told us how to deal with dysfunctional people. Yes. Right. Yes. 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 And again, the result, the fruit is freedom. Freedom. That's the hope. Um, Carla, would you mind praying over? (laughs) I would love to. That was, that would be a great way to end. Heavenly Father, you know, each and every woman and man that is going to hear this. And you know their circumstances, you know their hearts, you know their pain. We just ask that you would send your Holy Spirit to bring truth into their hearts, into their lives, to give them insight into themselves, into their relationships, and give them a direction to go to, that they would have a spark that would be set from this conversation that would give them hope and give them an idea of what they can do next. And we just ask that you would do this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Oh, thank you all for being with us tonight. Um, Please share this with someone to encourage them. Um, Men, women, doesn't matter. Boundaries are for everyone. And um, there's freedom available for us as we learn this process. Um, Carla, thank you for your work. You honestly, again, uh, your, your work, I refer so many wives to you. (laughs) And uh, because you specialize in this area to help women really in unhealthy difficult relationships and marriages and um just thank you for your work and it's a privilege i i and you know the 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 i i've it's i've lived it and i know how to do it the wrong way and i know how to do it the right way and i still have difficult situations and relationships in my life and so I am um, constantly learning. So I come to people with humility and recognizing, you know, we're all just just walking together. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, so and the more people know of your resources, the better. Because again, when we don't understand biblical boundaries, there's a mm-hmm. whole lot of mess out there. And and even pastors, pastors to refer mm-hmm. your yeah. congregants to Carla again, like please, please. Um, make sure you know about her. So maybe share this with your pastor. That's um, an excellent share, idea. Yeah, share changemyrelationship.com with your pastor. Um, so, mm-hmm. so helpful. So um, thank you so much, everyone. We love you. Wow. And Bella, thank you. Thank you, Amanda. God bless everybody. Thank Bye. you for being with us. We'll see yeah. you next week. Yes. <laughs>